Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, or if you're streaming us on the Tiger Communications app or the Tiger.fm. My name is Ryan LaVoy, once again filling in for J.J. Jackson today. I've got Cam Berry with me here on the program today. Yeah, baby. On the last day of a non-Auburn football week in the middle of football season, an uh, Auburn bye week, so we don't have a Auburn football game to break down and brace for impact for, so instead we'll look at all the other matchups not only in the southeastern conference but in the top 25 so we'll break down everything going on in the world of college football this weekend we'll also hit on some of the big nfl matchups some of the more regional nfl matchups as well update you on some of the auburn guys in the nba look a little look a little bit at auburn basketball and of course field all of your phone calls at 334-887-341 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine on the Auburn Bank phone line today. Birthdays and sports, as always, coming up in a little bit. And a nightly TV guide at the end of the show to get you set for the weekend. Again, Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry here on this Friday afternoon. Cam, hope you're doing well, sir. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Uh, ready, ready for a good good Friday. Going to work some Beauregard Hornets football and uh, high school scoreboard show. So uh, excited. They have a big matchup tonight. And, uh, yeah, just, just ready for a good day. Ready to watch some Falcons football on Sunday and and watch all these you know top twenty five matchups on Saturday. Just ready for a nice relaxing weekend. Yeah, and uh, thanks for pointing out the the high school action again. Just two more regular season weeks for high school football. We got Borgard High School on ninety five point nine tonight. Smith Station again on ninety three point nine. They're hosting uh, Lee and uh, Borgard tonight with another matchup. And uh, the Hornets seven and one. They secured the number two seed in nice. their regional. They they took a loss last week to Central Clay County, I believe, but uh, we're still able to get the number two seed in their region. And so we'll have more than ten games with the Beauregard Hornets this year. But again, excited about high school football, though it is starting to wind down just a little bit. But uh, let's get right into the show today. Again, Ryan Lavoy and Cam Berry with you here this Friday afternoon. An afternoon free uh, from worrying about what might happen with Auburn football. Again, last weekend was a Auburn football team that, that came out and showed a lot of fight after losing or after getting down 21 to nothing to Ole Miss. They battled back, showed the best offense of the season. And did that keep Brian Harson in the fold for the rest of the season? Was that the difference? We don't know for sure. But we do know that Brian Harson was not fired this week and has every indication he will be the coach for the rest of the year at the minimum. And so by week now, and so Cam, you looking at this Auburn team and thinking about this by week, and I know we're leading in with a team that's not playing this weekend, but nevertheless, it is Auburn. Uh, what do you anticipate the Tigers to look like coming out of a bye week next week? And 
do you think the bye week with some of the games being a little more winnable in the back half, do you think the bye week has a realistic chance of, of jolting the team? Yeah, bye, bye week definitely has a chance of, of giving them a little spark, giving them some rest, letting everybody get a little bit healthy. Um, and, and you know, kind of riding the at least on the offensive side of the ball because you already knew the defense was pretty strong. They did get ran through by Ole Miss, but, but I feel like that's an anomaly. I feel like that's a one-game scenario. Lane Kiffin just, I mean, he schemed it well. We all know he's an offensive guru, so that they, they did their thing. But for the offense, I feel like they can ride that momentum um, you know, using what they had from from the Ole Miss game going into the bye week, use that, and and we play Arkansas uh, coming out, and and that's a, a winnable game at home. You know, they're they're not they're not amazing as as what was expected uh, coming into the SEC and um, or not coming into the SEC, just you know coming into the season. Um, so I, I think that's a winnable game. I think, you know, we just take it a week at a time. Texas A&M looks like it's going to be a winnable game as well. They have an extremely tough defense, but their offense can't seem to move the ball. And that could, you know, be beneficial for, for Auburn. So that, that'll definitely be something to look out for. Obviously, Bam is going to be still a tough game. Um, and Western Kentucky, you, you still have on your schedule. And, and you told me earlier that they're slinging the ball like crazy. So, um, still you know could could be salvageable in the season in the back half not as abysmal as a lot of people kind of expected um because not everybody's as strong as we thought they were going to be and with that you can you can take that and just kind of you know take that as you will if you think that we could be awful we could be but i i could see how auburn uh takes this as as kind of seeing some light at the end of the tunnel and kind of salvaging the season and maybe getting right getting back on track as the weeks go on yeah i think uh the the new the good news for auburn is that some of those teams are not as robust as previously thought texas a&m while it has a lot of talent from recruiting the last couple of years they're having an incredibly disappointing time of it already just three and three on the season as you mentioned, Arkansas with a couple heartbreaking losses. They have had uh, great success offensively when K.J. Jefferson has been healthy. That has been part of their problem as Jefferson's been in and out the last few weeks. Right. Um, but their defense has struggled mightily. You also look at Mississippi State. State has looked really good against teams with not great defenses, against teams with good fundamentally sound defenses like Kentucky last week. State has had problems, obviously, still. Auburn has that road iron bowl, which will – not go well for the Tigers, but um, well. there's at least opportunities to hang around. And of course, college football, you never know. Uh, the uh, the disappointing thing is, and I know that we talked a lot about the Ole Miss game earlier this week, but the missed tackles was the glaring part of it that looked like it was a legitimately bad Auburn defensive performance. Obviously, three Ole Miss guys running for a buck fifteen each yeah. uh, is part of that. But 21 or 22 missed tackles for the Tigers, doubling their season high, uh, means that they had opportunities to make plays and they did not. So it seems like Auburn has this little boat that they're trying to fill a hole in. And then another, once they fill that hole, another boat or another hole opens up and they start leaking from that hole. And in this case, they finally had a productive offensive game. You'll take 34 points for sure. 
but then you allow 600 plus yards, you allow a million rush rush yards, and you allow 48 points. And again, the context of it is if there's anyone to do that, Ole Miss is right at the top of the list. But nevertheless, an Auburn defense that kept Auburn in the game uh, for multiple times earlier in the year did not keep them in the game or did not allow the offense the opportunity at the end of the game in that one. So that is something. Not one thing, it's something else. Yeah, that is something to look out for getting out of the bye week because Arkansas is a a below average SEC defense. So it might be another opportunity for Auburn to score some points, get offense back in their favor. However, KJ Jefferson put up 52 against BYU last weekend. Mm. They are also on the bye this week. So Jefferson should be 100% for that game. Actually, five SEC teams are on the bye this weekend. We'll break down – the, uh, the five SEC games, well, we won't break down Tennessee and Tennessee Martin. As long as Tennessee uh, has Hendon Hooker show up, they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, or really just any of their starters on offense. Um, but we won't break that one down. But nine SEC teams in action. So the two Western teams that are off this week are Auburn and Arkansas as they wait to play next week. And then three SEC East teams, uh, Florida and Georgia, ahead of that uh, rivalry game. They are both idle. And then the final team, Uh, off is Kentucky on the heels of a top 25 victory against Mississippi State. We're going to go ahead and take our first timeout of the show today. On the other side, James from Montgomery will join us on the Auburn Bank phone line and birthdays in sports a little bit later on. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member, FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call and join Sports Call at 334-887-341 locally. Toll free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn Bank is our proud sponsor of the sports call phone line and with that let's go to the auburn bank phone line for the first time today james from montgomery james joins us james how are you doing i'm good and war eagle war eagle yeah do you think that we would have a good chance of beating uh arkansas next weekend yeah that's what we were kind of just talking a little bit about before the break i think the opportunity is well is there for another close game i think arkansas's defense sets up auburn's offense to be able to get rid of some of the bugaboos that have uh, mainly offensive line play that has hurt them so mightily in the first seven games of the year 
Uh, so I give the, I think that gives them a chance. However, Auburn's defense will need to play better than they did in Oxford with, with K.J. Jefferson and the Arkansas offense putting up some numbers. So I think it's going to be a, another close game. But, again, it's going to be up to Auburn to make the necessary plays and the timely plays late in that game. Yeah, because if we do play Arkansas at home, I would probably say that, I mean, it will be a good scoring game to start out with, like, seven points starting out in the first quarter. If we don't have any turnovers like we had last week against Old Miss, I mean, Arkansas is a good team, but, I mean, Auburn, I mean, both of these teams on paper, they're good, but I think Auburn has a good good advantage of winning in the fourth quarter as well. Auburn has had a lot of success against Arkansas in recent years, similar to that of Ole Miss. Of course, it did not matter too much in Oxford, but Ole Miss a little different animal than what Arkansas is this year. But it'll be interesting to see how Auburn comes off the bye week because they did really battle in that Ole Miss game. And so at least they're a team that's still playing hard, and that should give them a chance. Yeah, so do you think that Auburn might have a chance um, to actually play in the SEC championship game in Atlanta? And who do you see um, Auburn playing when that time actually comes around the corner for Auburn? Well, unfortunately for Auburn uh, this year, James, that time will not come because Auburn will not be going to the SEC championship game this year. They've already taken on a couple of losses, and, and at minimum they're going to take on at least one more SEC loss. So uh, they will not be going to Atlanta this year, but obviously down the road that will be the goal for the Tigers to start to work back towards. Okay, so if we don't make it to Atlanta, do you probably see Brian Harson actually and, and the Auburn football team actually making it to some bowl games in December? Now that is the, that is the real question here because obviously you got to get to 6-6, six and six. Auburn has a game that I anticipate them winning, although it could be uncomfortable. I think they will beat Western Kentucky and get to four wins. So if they want a path to a bowl bowl game, they want a path to six wins, they've got to beat Arkansas uh, to get that going at home. If they do not beat Arkansas, I just can't see them getting wins against both Texas A&M and at Mississippi State, where at least Mississippi State has played well at home this year. So uh, I, I think that Arkansas game will, will start to give us the answer if Auburn's going to ultimately get to six wins. Yeah, because I will be watching uh, UAB and Western Kentucky today and seeing uh, on Western Kentucky's side and seeing how they're going to stand up to us because I know they'll be playing in – uh, Auburn, I think this year they're coming to Auburn, so I'm going to be watching Western Kentucky very closely. I'm going to be watching their quarterback, watching their running back, watching their kickers, and watching their offense and defensive side of the ball as well just to see what Robert Ashford is going to stand up to when we play against Western Kentucky as well. Yeah, you know, James, I'll be watching that UAB and Western Kentucky game tonight too. Uh, so I'm excited to watch that one. And uh, I do know this about Western Kentucky. They do throw the football a lot. They had had a quarterback drafted into the National Football League last year named Bailey Zappi. He's a New England Patriot. He started for the Patriots the last couple weeks and got some victories for them. So he was quite good. And the guy they've got in there now, I believe his name is Hill, maybe Austin Hill or something like that. He has 21 touchdowns to five interceptions so far this year. So it looks like they've got another good quarterback that can throw for a lot of yards and score them some points. Yeah, because I know when we do play Western Kentucky with 
with that quarterback throwing a lot of points like that, I think we might make some interceptions when they actually throw the ball. So we might, you know, make we might make like two or three interceptions at a time as well. So we do have a, a good runner back in um, Tank Bixby. So I think Tank, he looks like an NFL uh, first round or second round draft pick in 2023 um, draft board as well. So I'm sure that he's, He's really ready to uh, take that next opportunity to take his uh, talents to the NFL in 2023. It would be really nice if Auburn could force some interceptions uh, down the stretch here. That's something Auburn has not done a good job of. They've done a, a, a quite bad job in the turnover battle, to be frank. And looking up this Western Kentucky quarterback, it is Austin Reed, not Austin Hill, uh, as I uh, said wrongly earlier. But Austin Reed, he has thrown five interceptions, so it is possible – He's thrown a few this year. They throw the ball a lot, so Auburn will want to try and force a couple turnovers against Western Kentucky. Yeah, and then with the um, playoff um, baseball season, it's about to wrap up in a couple of days from now from the World Series. Um, my World Series pick would be the New York Yankees and the Philadelphia Phillies, so I'm hoping that those two teams might make it into the World Series this year, so I'm sure, and I'm hoping that uh, New York would win the World Series uh, this time around. That would be a rematch of the 2009 World Series where the Yankees got their, their last world championship. However, they did lose again to the Astros last night, so they're down two games to zero in that best four out of seven. So if the Yankees want to beat the Astros, they're going to probably need to win three straight here uh, in New York starting tomorrow night because the Yankees have dug themselves a hole. Yeah, so I think they would have to dig themselves out of that out of that dark hole and actually trying to see if they're going to bounce back. I know with Aaron Judge, I know he's been hitting a lot of home runs. So if Aaron Judge would be at the top of that batting order, I mean that would be a really good thing to see uh, Aaron Judge actually hit a couple of home runs in tomorrow night's game as well. Yeah, and of course he led Major League Baseball with 62 home runs this year. And uh, I know he's hit a couple home runs in the playoffs thus far. He almost homered last night. He hit a ball to the warning track in right field, which That's so close. coincidentally it would have been a home run in only one ballpark in Major League Baseball, and it would have been a home run in New York's Yankee Stadium if that's where they were playing. But they were not. And alas, it was an out. So if Judge can hit that same exact ball on tomorrow night's game, that would indeed be a home run. Yes, that's all. And then with the college um, playoffs, uh, selection that's going to be coming up in a couple of months from now. I do have my four college teams that might make it into this year's college playoff. At number four, I have no. At, at number one, I have Oregon. At number two, I have Ohio State. Number three, I have Georgia. Number four, I have Florida. Number five, I have Clemson. And number six, I have TCU. I like some of those, James. I, you know, I think uh, you're definitely on point with the Ohio State and Georgia. Clemson, I think, is ranked number five right now or thereabouts, so Clemson's going to be in the mix. TCU, if they keep winning, I think they're number eight right now, but if they win out as a Big 12 champion, they're absolutely going to have the opportunity to rise into that top four. However, the Gators, they've already taken a few losses, so I don't think the Florida Gators are going to be in there, but I, I do like most of that. Yeah, so I know with Florida, I know they're losing – uh, a couple of games, so I'll just have to take Florida out, and I'll probably put in 
Mm, I'll probably say like Michigan or Michigan State, one of those two teams. I'm leaning towards Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines, and Good I pick. think they might they might make a, a, a run in in the college playoffs as well. Because I'm I'm just trying to see, you know, with some new teams I haven't seen that's playing in Atlanta. I've already seen a matchup this past few years ago with Georgia and Alabama, and I had Georgia favored to beat Alabama, so I don't want to see that matchup again. And I'm pretty sure that Alabama would lose to Mississippi State, so I do have Mississippi State beating Alabama as well. Well, James, I know that uh, you know Georgia and Alabama are going to be involved in some form or fashion, probably going to be in Atlanta for the SEC championship game unless Ole Miss can beat Alabama or unless Tennessee can beat Georgia. That, of course, is now a possibility uh, as well. We'll have to see how it plays out. My, my question for you is, are you excited for when in a few years from now they expand the college football playoff from four teams to 12 teams? Uh, yes, I'm very excited for for the college football playoff um, from twelve from four teams to twelve teams. So the uh, committee, because when I heard about uh, yesterday on the ESPN uh, about that, there were the committee was talking about expanding it from four teams to twelve teams, either in 2023, 2024, or 2026. One of those three years might make it a little bit better and they were talking about um like different locations of where they're going to play the uh college football uh playoffs instead of atlanta so i've heard so many different uh neutral sites that were going to be played for the college football playoffs as well yeah i think their their goal is always to to rotate where uh, the national championship game will be amongst kind of the, the New Year's Six type of bowl games. There's kind of a rotation going on there. There will be some campus games under the 12-team model in the first round of the playoffs. And as you alluded to, 2024 is where they're trying to get it moved up to, but I believe it's 2026 at the latest of when it would happen. 2026 is when the current contract expires, I believe. So it will either be in 2024 or 2026, it appears. And right now they're meeting to try and get it moved up to 2024. Yeah, so if they actually get it moved up to 2024, I'll probably see next, uh, I should say like the next two years, um, I'll probably say for the college football playoffs, I would like to see it being played in Baltimore, you know, up there where the Baltimore Ravens actually play in their stadium as well. And, you know, that way they can actually have uh, a good college football atmosphere out there as well. Or they can play it in some um, Major League Baseball stadium that I've seen in the past, like in New York, in uh, Yankee Stadium up in, uh, in the Bronx in New York as well. Something to mull over for sure where they're going to end up putting those uh, college football playoff games on the neutral sites. But again, I think it'll be more about uh, where the, the traditional big bowl games would have been rather than rather than some of those other type stadiums. But what else is on your mind today? Well, I'm actually I'm going to be looking at a lot of um, different things in the NBA. I'm seeing if my Dallas Mavericks might make another win uh, tomorrow and uh, seeing if we're going to keep on rolling and um, seeing what Dallas is going to be doing when the regular season starts in a, in a couple of uh, months from now. Yeah, well, the regular season has started uh, for the NBA, as you know, and uh, Dallas did play that first game, a very entertaining game Wednesday night against Phoenix, where Phoenix ended up pulling it out 
at the end there. But certainly going to be all eyes on Luka Doncic this year. He'll be in the MVP discussion for sure. And uh, Dallas will be an interesting team to watch. Yes, as well, because I did watch that game. And Luka, he's a really good basketball player, and he looks like an MVP. So I think they should give him the MVP uh, trophy and Finn if he's going to take my Dallas Mavericks to the NBA Finals this year as well. We will certainly see. So, James, I I think uh, before we get you out of here, I think you wanted some Auburn and Arkansas trivia. Is that correct? Yes, because we do play them uh, next weekend. Okay, so I'll give you a couple questions here if you're ready for it. Yes. All right, so uh, Auburn, Arkansas, they've met 31 times before. Auburn is currently on the longest win streak in series history. How many games has Auburn won in a row? I would have to say 16 or 17. Not quite. If you take the one off of that, it would be six games in a row that Auburn has won, uh, dating back to 2015, which was a triple overtime game in Fayetteville. But Auburn has won six games in a row. But you were close. Okay. And then my next question for you is, when was the first time, what year was the first time Auburn and Arkansas ever played each other? Which year was the first game Auburn and Arkansas ever played? Um, I would have to say, uh, let me see, because I know I actually know this one from my last time actually um, seeing this uh, game being played, well, actually, historically at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Um, I know the year. I know the year. I think it was. 1958? Not quite, not quite. Think Pat Dye era. Okay. Um, okay, Pat Dye era. So I think it would be in 1983. Almost, James. One more year. Go up one more year. Oh, 1984. Yes, sir. 1984. Good, good, good job there. Um, And we'll give you one more question here on Auburn-Arkansas trivia. Who was the Auburn quarterback to last defeat Arkansas? It was last year's game. Who was Auburn's quarterback? Okay, last year's quarterback. I know it wasn't Cam Newton. Correct. I know, huh? You're correct. I know it wasn't Cam Newton. I know it wasn't Nick Marshall. Um, I know it wasn't Bo Nix because Bo Nix... Try again. Mm-hmm. It was Bo Nix. Yes, it was. It was Bo Nix at, at, at quarterback at Auburn as well. I did remember that one. And um, that one right there, that moment um, was a really good one because I think we actually went into overtime at home against Arkansas as well because I was actually at that game. And that was one of my, my most Auburn – moments I will ever take in and that will be always edged in my mind for for years to come as well as an Auburn fan as well. Yeah, Auburn was able to win in Fayetteville last year 38-23 to and of course they had the home victory in 2020 uh, with Bo Nix as well where they barely won that game. That was the controversial one. They won 30-28. to Well, good job today, James. 
All right. Sounds good. And I'll talk to you all on Monday. Hope you have a great weekend. War Eagle, James. All right. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take our next break of the show. More sports call coming up after this. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. A partying vibe for the weekend. In more ways than one. Oh, yeah. On this Friday afternoon. That was very punny, if uh, <laughs> people are aware that this song is from the weekend himself. Friday edition of Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry. Ryan LaVoy is the one that just made the bad joke. Cam Berry is the one that it. laughed the bad yeah. joke. So, uh, just to differentiate us. But we're having fun on this Friday afternoon. We're going to start breaking down some of the college football matchups a little later on. also want to pose the question... Going back to SEC media basketball days a couple days ago, Bruce Pearl had something interesting to say when talking about his roster for the 2022-23 campaign. So we'll get into that in just a little bit as well. But first, something we do each and every day. It's time for the Birthdays in Sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports brought to you by Max Credit Union with two locations to serve your banking needs. Max Credit Union, the proud sponsor of Sports Calls, Birthdays in Sports. And so here's today's on October the 21st. Willis McGahee turns 41, former NFL running back, played two years of college football at the University of Miami. The U. BCS National Champion 2001, Big East Offensive Player of the Year, drafted 23rd overall in 2003 NFL Draft by the Buffalo Bills. Also played with the Ravens, Broncos, and Browns. Two-time Pro Bowler. He had four 1,000-yard seasons. One of the most talented running backs in college we've seen in maybe ever. Willis McGahee turns 41. Davis Mills, a.k.a. Neck Boy, turns 24. <laughs> NFL quarterback for the Houston Texans. It took me one whole name it's his to start. Birthday. I'm sorry. <laughs> Davis Mills, whose neck is worth a lot more than mine, turns 24 today. Quarterback for the Houston Texans. Played three years of college football at Stanford. After redshirting his freshman year, was drafted with the 67th pick, started the third round in the 2021 NFL draft by the Houston Texans. Started 11 games in his rookie season, sharing duties with Tyrod Taylor. Became Texans' full-time starter for the 2022 season. Davis Mills turns 24 today. 
Ricky Rubio turns 32, drafted before Steph Curry because, of course, the Timberwolves made that pick. Point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Played youth basketball, and his first professional basketball team was in Spain. Joined the Timberwolves in 2011 after being drafted by the team in 2009. Also played with the Jazz, Suns, and Cavs. Represented Spain as a silver medalist in the 2008 Olympics. Bronze medal at the 2016 Olympics. And gold medal at the 2019 FIBA World Cup. And there was the MVP of that team, Ricky Rubio, turns 32 today. I appreciate some Ricky Rubio. Great passer. Yeah, great Would have wanted a little more shooting out of him. But For sure. Was a... Was would have been perfect ten years yeah. earlier. I, he he yeah. did not age with the the league did not age with him. No. So if he was drafted in the nineties, he would have High been high quality old school point guard. Yep. So Rubio turns thirty two today. Damian Lee turns thirty. NBA shooting guard for the Phoenix Suns played four years college basketball at Drexel, and his final collegiate year was at Louisville. Was a reserve on the Golden State Warriors the last few seasons, including their championship team last year. He's Steph Curry's brother in law who celebrated by waking up Canyon Curry the other night yeah. because Damian Lee hit the game winner did, for the Phoenix did. Suns when they played James Montgomery's Dallas Mavericks. Yep, That was probably the best I've ever seen Damian Lee play, I will not lie, after watching him for a few years. But Damian Lee, with a double-digit scoring output and the game winner for the Phoenix Suns, turns 30 today. Sheldon Williams turns 39. He's a favorite of the Sports Call's host, J.J. Jackson's. Former NBA power forward and center, played four years of college basketball at Duke. Holds Duke records, which is hard to do. They've got a lot of great players, obviously, with a career blocks mark of 422, single season blocks of 137, career rebounds 1,262, two-time defensive player of the year, two-time first team All-ACC. His number 23 jersey retired by Duke, drafted by the Atlanta Hawks, sixth overall in the 2006 NBA draft. Also played the Kings, T-Wolves, Celtics, Nuggets, Knicks, and Nets. Sheldon Williams turns 39 today. Gabe Gross turns 43, former MLB outfielder and current Auburn baseball hitting coach. Played baseball and two years of football at Auburn. Drafted 15th overall in 2001 MLB draft by the Blue Jays. Made his MLB debut in 2004. Also played for the Brew Crew, the Rays, and Athletics. Began his coaching career in 2012 and has been Auburn's hitting coach. Since 2018, Gabe Gross turns 43. And last but not least, Zach Greinke turns 39, former MLB pitcher. Or I guess still is an MLB pitcher, I should say. Former? Yeah. (laughs) uh, With the Kansas City Royals. Drafted six overall out of high school in the 2002 MLB draft by the Royals. Was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. His senior year made his MLB debut way back in 2004. Has also played with the Brewers, Angels, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Astros. Six-time All-Star, AL Cy Young winner in 2009, six-time Gold Glove Award winner, two-time Silver Slugger as a pitcher, two-time MLB ERA leader in 2009-2015. Despite being one of the game's best pitchers for five to ten years, this is ad-libbing now, has no chance of being in baseball's Hall of Fame Fame because the the voters don't vote. Zach Greinke (laughs) turns 39 today, still decidedly in Major League Baseball. As I said, pitched for the Royals this year. And those are the birthdays in sports. That was a lot of them. Again, yeah, that was a lot of birthdays. Wills McGahey turns 41. Davis Mills turns 24. Ricky Rubio, 32. Damian Lee, 30. Sheldon Williams, 39. Gabe Gross, 43. Zach Greinke, 39. All of them between 24 and 43, too. All between two decades. Usually we have someone that's like Tiny Archibald right, or right. something uh, from back in the day. But 
those are the birthdays in sports. Let's take our final break of our number one. When we come back a few more minutes to wrap up the first hour, you're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call. Follow us on Twitters. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Last segment of hour number one on the Friday edition of Sports Call. Ryan the boy Cam Barry. Cam is mad at me currently. Oh, yeah. I'm upset. Pleading the fifth on a fantasy decision. And I denied it. I am not Joe Bartle. I am not uh, trained in that matter. <laughs> but he's smart. He knows what he's talking about. Eh. Needs that sometimes. valuable advice. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I remember when I said Georgia Tech would push Ole Miss this year. Well. <laughs> wow. Pushed him to success. Yeah. Was what we'll say there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always going to have the receipts on my on my failures as well as my successes because I, everybody's like, you know, I, I got that one right or that, and I'm also going to tell you when I look like an idiot. Right, I looked like an idiot earlier that earlier this year when I picked that one, and that will not be last time. Uh, but about five minutes left of the show, I will not, or in the in hour number one rather, so I will not continue to talk about my IQ or lack thereof. Um, I do want to talk a little Auburn basketball here for a few minutes because Bruce Pearl at SEC Media Days here a couple days ago made an interesting interesting comment, Cam, that I want to get your thoughts on. Yeah. And so we've talked about this Auburn roster. He kind of alluded to the fact that he only believes he has one starting position set in stone. Um, and he didn't say which one that is. Of course he didn't. I, I think it's Wendell Green Jr. Yeah, to. probably. Now, earlier, just a month ago, when he was also talking to me, he said he might have had, he had two. So he's even gone back on that. Right. So he thinks he only has one starting position locked up. So I guess my question for you, Cam, is where do you think the starting lineup would stand right now? Oh, man. Well, I did read something um, I think it was either Ferg or um, from the Auburn Observer or Justin Hokinson from On Three Sports. Uh, one of the two, they said that Bruce said that. Wow, where's the name? I'm missing it now. Um, Chance Westry, there it is, would have started had he not had his surgery. Um, so that's definitely something that's interesting, and then you could probably imagine that he would have started at the two. Um, and and I definitely like that a lot. He's he's. I think he's a lot better than what we kind of were expecting him to be when we watched him when, when they went to the uh, on the Israel tour. A lot of people were like, oh, this guy might be a little something. Uh, so that's def- definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, I think I think I agree with you that Wendell's probably going to be the starting at, starter at the one. Um, but Bruce said that there's competitions everywhere else, and you can definitely say that um, – Janai and Dylan are probably going to are competing for that starting center spot. Um, and um, 
Johan and Jalen Williams are probably competing for the four spot. Um, and at the three, it's probably going to be between um, Allen and Chris Moore. Yeah, who, and Chris po- Chris Moore. Who yep. had a, a great thing said about him by yeah, Bruce. Yeah, he did. And so, so it's it's a lot up in the air. I, I'm not sure. I would probably go with, uh, you know, since, since Westry's not going to play, and I and I assumed that Westry was going to come off the bench anyway. Uh, I would go with uh, Wendell at the one, KD at the two. Um, that's tough, man. Yeah, it's Flan at the three. And as as, as much as I love Jalen Williams, I would probably have Treyo start at the four and have Jalen come off the bench because last year that role that he played coming off the bench behind Jabari was instrumental. Um, I mean, even in the tournament, I, I mean, I think he – I mean, watching him shoot from three, especially against Miami, like he, he played very, very well. Um, and having him off the bench, that leadership on the bench is, is something that is definitely going to be needed. And I think he's going to play that key role. And I think that would be super beneficial. Um, and then at the five, I, I think it's going to be Janai. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the minutes are just kind of an even split between Janai and, and Dylan because, you know, Janai might be a little bit of a better scorer, but um, – Dylan just just brings a certain energy about him that is just something that it just it's not comparable comparable honestly he and he and KD both that that energy that they bring um it, it's just something that that can't be matched and and uh that that's kind of what I see with with our starting lineup with our bench you know Zeb coming off the bench as well this year instead of being a starter um is something that will probably also be beneficial and I I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive in his shooting. Um, he he did sometimes during the season last year, but I think kind of it it caused our offense to stall in the, in the at the beginning of games. Um, that that lack of aggressiveness. So I I'd like to see him in the second unit be a little bit more aggressive. So that's kind of what I what I see for this team. And and they're going to be talented. It, it, there's the talent is all over the board um, with this team. You know they they've picked to go I think finish fourth in the SEC. You know, which that's not surprising at all. It's it's a it's a talented SEC like it always is. Arkansas's got a great team. Kentucky, as usual, is loaded. Um, and I don't remember who was picked to finish third. Arkansas. Um, Arkansas third. Who was second though? Because Kentucky was picked to finish Tennessee first. and Arkansas. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee also extremely talented team. They have a lot of their guys returning, and then they have a talented freshmen coming in. Uh, so it, it's just a, a lot of talent and. We can, I mean, we can surprise guys. Like, I mean, last year we were picked to finish, I think, fourth as well, or maybe fifth, and we ended up finishing first. So you never know. I think this is going to be a more experienced team, a more disciplined team. Um, you know, it, all these guys are going to be gelling together more, and it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show. Yeah, it's going to be a really deep Auburn basketball team. They're going to have – uh, as you can tell from the words of Bruce Pearl, they're going to have decisions to make. And mm-hmm. even when they make the starting five decision, it's very possible the bench is it's just as good as the yeah, starting it, lineup, depending it, on the decisions made. And then also we could see the lineup flip-flop throughout the season. There's right. about 11 guys that have a claim to some playing time this year for Auburn. So if anything, you're going to want someone to kind of break out as the lead guy. Yeah. And then you hope some, some positions work themselves out throughout the year end of hour number one when we come back to start hour number two we're gonna get into the saturday slate for college football five top 25 matchups and five games involving sec teams as well on the docket that we'll all hit on 
coming up after this time. End of hour number one. Stay tuned. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two kicking off of Sports Call here on this Friday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here. Again, subbing for J.J. Jackson. His brother is getting married. Outside of Knoxville, Woo. around this time, that so we wish uh, we wish them, the Jackson family, very well. And so again, JJ will be back with the show on Monday. Hour number one had a little bit of everything. Had a call from James from Montgomery. We also had birthdays in sports. We also talked a little Auburn basketball as that season is uh, is getting close. I think seventeen days away till tip off for Auburn basketball. That Monday, November seventh, is when. A lot of college basketball teams get going. Uh, of course, no basketball on the next day because it's election day. So everyone's starting on a Monday this year. Uh, but uh, we can't wait as that one takes down. 334-887-341. Locally toll-free one tiger 9 to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. And we're, we're going to go right back to the Auburn phone line this time. Next up, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, it's Friday. It's a fun How Friday. How are you doing? It's fun Friday, right. So, uh, good to hear your voices, guys. Um, I was just reading, uh, just wrap briefly before I got on the air, uh, Mr. Uh, Philip Marshall's uh, thir- uh, Friday uh, Musings. Have you read them yet? I have not. Okay, just some nuggets I uh, came across. Uh, he says apparently no one, no one, no matter how close they are to uh, President Roberts, has a clue of what uh, his plan is, or who, and when he's going to, you know, make an announcement about either the AD or even uh, uh, what our coach uh, uh, staff is going to be. So that's how tight-lipped that is. That's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, I'm cool with that. I like that. You know, no, no, no leakage. We'll see when we see. We'll know when we know. And when we have the candidates narrowed down, the everybody will know about it. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, what I'm not okay with though. I'm dragging this out. You know, if Roberts waits until after the Iron Bowl, well, you know, the transfer portal I'm reading here opens on December the 4th. Right. And signing period starts on December 21st. Uh, 
what, what kind of time frame, guys, do we have to do anything if, you know, Harris is let go and a new coach is announced? Yeah, I will say that that would be my concern. If, you, if, you're, if you're going to fire Brian Harson, which I think most people still believe that's going to happen, um, then you need to get the AD here in the next few couple of weeks because if you hire the yeah. AD around the time of the Iron Bowl and then they're going to have to turn around and, and make a decision yeah. immediately – I mean, we're going to be talking everything from firing to the next football coach hiring will be in the, need to be in the next week right. or two at that point because, as you said, kids will be making decisions, and as we know, this early signing period really is the signing period. I mean, 90% of kids commit around this signing period or before it. So No pressure, a lot um, of pressure. Knowing that Auburn has a lot of work to do, if not at least in, in the transfer portal, but also in – the recruiting class survey says if, if you're moving on from Brian Harson, the new guy is going to need to be the head coach by days after the Iron Bowl. And I, I guess my, my my frustration is from everybody that I've read, from Jason Caldwell, Nathan King, uh, Philip Marshall, uh, Mark Murphy, they all uh, describe McCray Roberts as a very uh, soft, awful guy. He's not impulsive. Uh, he's insightful, well, and that he loves sports. Well, okay, uh, why would you not be thinking things that you and I are talking about uh, on the radio show about how critical it is to come up with a decision and better do it now than later? Well, he may, and and we got to wait these next couple of weeks to see if the decision does come. Um, you know, the AD spot, obviously, they're doing their due diligence, and I know that there is – you know, growing concerns as we're voicing right now. But until that date passes and here in a couple of weeks where it really starts to feel everything rushed, I'm not going to jump on him just yet for that. I mean, we don't, we don't still, we're still in the time period where you can get everything done when you need to get it done and in a timely manner and in an efficient manner. So until we get a week away from the iron bowl or so, and there's still not an AD decision, until that point comes, we're going to let it play out. Well, I'm glad you're going to let it play out. I know we can't do anything about it, but uh, I hope I'm so wrong. But I have visions of that character uh, who plays the Mayhem character for Allstate. Right, yep. I know uh, you're talking that's about. That's what I have visions of, of happening here you know, with this scenario. And we see him on Auburn's campus and says, uh-oh, we've got Mayhem going here. <laughs> That would be that would be a nightmare. But uh, again, gonna gonna have a little bit more patience here at least for a few more weeks. Well, uh, we can't think about it. So moving on, um, I see here that uh, well, not moving on, but you know, well, how does this you know affect uh, the uh, commitments? Might they then decommit? And what about the players on the team already? Uh, might they decide to go to the portal? Uh, all those things, you know, I'm thinking about it. Surely uh, you and I can't be the only ones that are considering these you know, uh, scenarios, right? Well, I mean, whether you hire a coach, um, realistically you're not hiring a head coach before this season ends. You might hire him the day after it ends, the day that it ends. But, again, you're you're talking to people that are currently employed. They, are, they have their responsibilities. And so even if you have an under-the-table agreement or understanding – that will not come to public knowledge until the end of the season. Right. So, again, that's why I'm voicing patience with the timeline here because 
you know, you're not going to have public knowledge of this guy, nor will this guy be helping Auburn in any way until the, the end of the season. And so, um, as far as the recru- as far as that's concerned, you're not really changing the equation too much here on recruits and that sort of thing when you've had such a bad time of it already. Uh, if Auburn had a class chocked full of four- and five-star guys having a top-ten class, then you would be overly concerned about it. Then you would be trying to uh, ease their worries very quickly. Right. But, again, you're talking about a class that's already ranked in the 40s, and so I'm not so sure that's the chief concern. Well, to me it's concerned because we've only got 11 commitments, and we can't lose too many of those, can we? Well, of course not, but I, I think at this point, again, you're not – you're not talking to a bunch of kids that don't know what's going on. I think they're very aware that there is a possibility that the entire coaching staff is not back. And I think these are the type of kids that, that are more likely to be committing to. And again, I don't know them personally, but just judging from them committing amongst this turmoil, amongst the three and four season thus far, I think these are the kids that are more so likely to fall under the category of loving the school they commit to rather than any one coach. And I hope that that is the picture. But, uh, however, uh, you know, I have read from uh, a number of Nathan King's uh, recruiting uh, uh, commitments uh, that uh, a number of them said they also loved Harson, And that was one of their reasons. Well, they're, but they're also not going to say they don't love Harson. They're not going to say, yeah, this coach is fine. He's all right. But... I like the campus a lot, so that's why I'm in. You're not going to publicly bash or say something not endearing to the the head coach. And if you're a Harson, guys, and some of these highly titled recruits ask you, uh, "Coach, are going to be uh, uh, with a? Are you going to be our coach next year?" What's the appropriate response? Look, you've got to act like you're going to be here. I mean, if you're if you're the All coaching right, staff, yeah. I mean, they're. Well, what if you've already been told you're going to be gone at the end of the season, Coach? Then, well, I mean, you're still – it's still about trying to be a, a professional. Right. And also, I mean, in some sense, what you, what, what, you do, what you do here down the stretch – I mean, Brian Harson doesn't want his career to be over after this job. He'd ideally like to take probably one of those Pac-12 jobs. So even if he has the knowledge that he's getting fired, which – to, uh, to everyone's knowledge, that is not what he's been told yet. You're still trying to form the best class, do the best job, because, look, if all, I mean, we're not 100% sure he is going to get fired. Right. We can, we we can say he deserves to be. We can say everything points to that. But until he's actually fired, it's not set in stone. It's not written in the stars. And so he is going to operate. As if it's not, because what if it's not? What if the new AD says, I would like to see this through one more year? We would not agree with that decision, but that is still a decision that will have to be made. And so you have to go out there and assume you're back until you're not. Or you need to put on the record good things for your next employer, whoever that may be. Right. Um, And and I agree with those perspectives. I just keep wondering uh, about those statements that were made uh, just yesterday, I read them from Jason Caldwell, which uh, he says he said the sources have have said to him repeatedly, Harson doesn't want to be here anymore. Well, if you don't want to be here, 
then do something to expedite your leaving. That's all I'm saying. All right, Steve, what else What else you got? Okay, next. I see the cheaters won yesterday, last night. <laughs> yeah, they did. They won again. They took a, a 2-0 yep. series lead. I mean, they're just and, they're uh, just playing good baseball. As unfortunate as it is to admit, they're just they, playing better. Yep, they keep doing it. Three to two, wasn't it? Yep, yep. close game. Yeah, um, they no one spy, uh, I guess spotted any garbage cans, right? Right. No, no, <laughs> no not did, that we're aware of. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Uh, well, well, you know, and they still got away with hardly nothing in terms of penalties. Uh, for, for, um, for from our perspective, you you guys thought they got. Sufficient uh, punishment? No, 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 not um, at all. Yeah, no. I that that's. I thought they should have been stripped of that championship. <sighs> exactly. I agree. Um, I, I, I really don't want to get triggered here, Steve. Oh, yeah, but this, but um, yeah, but yeah, no. Right I I do not think hole. they got penalized enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on, guys. I saw the USA game last night, and it almost uh, sickened me to see they almost uh, acted like they were playing uh, Auburn's offense. Did you watch any of that game with Troy? Uh, I saw it on in the background. Uh, I, I, I saw didn't. a few plays. I know it was low scoring, but no, I did not catch most of it. What was astounding, uh, the announcers, because I didn't know that I don't follow Troy, the announcers uh, uh, said that Troy rushing attack ranked 125th in the nation, and yet they were gashing USA's defense last night on the ground. I found that incredible because – they, they kept repeating uh, that Troy's rushing attack is ranked 125 and 14th in their conference. I said, you know, how are they doing this? It reminds me of, you know, how does Auburn's defense allow Ole Miss to rush for over 400-something yards, right? I mean, Steve, again, I didn't watch the game. I can just I can just look at these numbers. But, but Troy ended up only running 41 times for 128 yards. So that was not amazing. three yards a carry. But I mean, that's just, well, not particularly good. It's a slugfest well, game. All right, Ryan, that's really good. Let me let you know what their average has been prior to this game, though, the last night. They were averaging no more than 80 yards rushing a game. Sure, but what was their yards per carry? I don't know, but that's almost like double. They're rushing last night yeah. on the yardage. I, I'm forty-one for one twenty-eight. Still not particularly good. That's not going to. Yeah. That's not. They scored ten points, so I don't. I don't think that they completely ran it up there. Uh-huh. All right, moving on, guys. I see that our volleyball team is playing Tennessee tonight, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, what's the record in the SEC? Is it three zero or Tennessee's or Auburn's? Auburn. Uh, Auburn is, I don't know for, I think it's five and two, something five like that. Two? Yeah, they, okay. I know they lost one of those to Missouri, and I feel like they have another conference loss, but they also got more than three wins. Do you ever know what? How you, how how's good? How good is Tennessee? Um, I can check on that. I know that uh, this every series will be pretty big for Auburn because they are trying to get at large and they're fighting the perception of of not being a traditionally strong program. So I can tell you Tennessee's in the middle of the pack. They're 4 and 4 in the SEC. Auburn is 6 and 2, not 5 and 2, and Auburn is currently 3rd in the SEC. So they they need to keep going. They're still not ranked, uh, but uh still a matchup that that will be a close matchup for sure, but Auburn needs to keep winning. Wow. Um uh, that's surprising. You tell me they're trying to they're struggling to get an at large uh place or, or a bid. They're seventeen and two. Good. Lord. What do they have to be uh, to not be an at-large team? 
right? I mean, I, I don't follow the sport of volleyball too closely, Steve, but I, I do know that Auburn, obviously with all the struggles, they do have a, a weaker non-conference schedule. Um, winning is still – they're doing it at a high level. So, I mean, I don't know what it would take. I just know that they need to need to keep going. Okay. About tomorrow's games, guys. Yep. You see the upsets? Well, we're going to start breaking those games down in a little bit. Um, I would be – I'm very – I'm very tantalized by the Ole Miss at LSU game. Um, LSU scored a lot of points last week in the swamp. Uh, they're getting some things together. The line actually favors LSU by a point and yeah, a half. Did, so, uh, didn't you find that remarkable? I did. Yeah, they yeah, uh, they opened it as Ole Miss was a two point favorite, but then the money went in for LSU, so that's why it moved. But um, I mean, LSU is not a good team. They got slammed by Tennessee. At LSU by uh, Tennessee's by rather yeah. good though. Tennessee's um, really really good. LSU's not bad. Um, they're, yeah, I'm we not, could have beaten LSU. We could have. Could have, and they didn't. We didn't. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, LSU again. They're build. You know, they're going to be continually getting better throughout the, the year for Brian Kelly. And I think you're starting to see that they've got tough games ahead. But again, they're not a bad team. They're fine. They're an average um, team. And Ole Miss still has its flaws. So I mean, you. That's, that would be an upset. I mean, Ole Miss is better than LSU, but uh, I think it's very possible. Wow. Okay. Well, anything about I don't. I don't see it, but I'm going to watch the game. Do you see any any likelihood that Mississippi State no. could do an upset? No. no. No shot. Especially after they just lost the Bama, just lost to Tennessee. If, They're going to be hitting on all cylinders. If State had beaten Kentucky, I would have thought this game would be reasonably close. But I just don't think that Mississippi State's offense runs it well. They don't. They don't. Not as in run the ball, but they run. They don't run efficiently um, against these better defenses. The two best defenses they played this year, Kentucky and LSU, uh, shut them down pretty easily. And so I know Alabama's defense is not up to their standard, but it's still better than most. And yep. so Mike Leach has only scored nine points in two games against Nick Saban. So I do not expect that to be an upset, no. So could uh, uh, could, could uh, Alabama be taken out? Uh, it's a misery on Mississippi State tomorrow night then? Yeah, I think they'll be yeah. taking, taking some of the woes out. Uh, again, that uh, that also helps Alabama's at home, so don't have to worry about the road environment. That's another part of the equation for Mississippi State. They've been much better at home than they've been on the road. These two losses have been on the road. Um, so again, I, I just I I don't know. I, I just I can't I see. see it. I know Alabama's not what they expect to be, at least not to this point. But I just I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. Final to me, I'd like to see it happen. But what do you think is the likelihood of Oregon upsetting uh, UCLA? That's possible. I, I don't think that's a really much of an upset. Um, it is nine intense. versus ten, yeah. and Oregon's at home. And uh, do you know right. the line? Usually, he's unbeaten. Do you know the the line on this game actually, Steve? No, I, I have not seen it. The line is very favorable to Oregon. Oregon's yep. favored by six and a half. Yep. Oregon's favored. Yep. yep. Again, I mean, you're, they're at home. UCLA is undefeated. Yeah, but they're at home, but, and and Oregon's only loss was. It was the very Georgia. first game of the season against Georgia. They've played great yeah, football. They probably should have lost to, to South Alabama. They, they won by one point. Well, that, yeah. No, that was UCLA. Yeah. That was UCLA yeah. that almost yeah, lost to South UCLA Alabama. UCLA almost lost. Yeah. So I think it's a very even matchup. But, but the home crowd, the Autzen Zoo, I mean, it is one of the better environments west of the Mississippi. So, it, I mean, it that is worth something. Yeah, and I'm glad to see Bo Nix 
is apparently uh, maybe a better fit as where he's at. Yeah, he is. He's played very, very good. Well. He obviously struggled against Georgia, but he's played excellently since then. Hi right, guys, I'm through rambling. So uh, I hope you guys are going to have a relaxing uh, weekend. I plan uh, on it's it. Relaxing. Relaxing for me because uh, we don't have to worry about our team. We're all losing. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Auburn cannot lose this weekend. That is a, that is a true lose. statement. Yeah, that's good. Uh, who's a uh, who's your uh, who's Tampa Bay playing? Bucks are in Carolina. Carolina is decimated right now. If oh. the Bucks lose that one, I will phone it in for the year and then angry hashtag online. <laughs> Cam's Falcons have night uh, have a interesting matchup against the Bengals. And Tampa Bay's playing at home. Tampa's in uh, Bank of America Stadium in but Charlotte. That don't matter. Oh, Charlotte. Okay, so you won't be there. Okay, I will right, not guys. be there. Thank you again for your time. I know my time is way up. And uh, again, have a relaxful uh, and uh, entertaining weekend. And we'll talk to you uh, Monday. Until then, War Eagle guys. War Eagle, War Eagle Steve. We appreciate that phone call as always. That is retired War Dam Steve on our Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take our first break of our number two. We'll get into the college football slate next on this Friday edition of Sports Call. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here. Halfway home on the last day of this week of, sh- Woo, of show. It's Friday. And because it is Friday, it's time to really start breaking down these college football matchups. The show goes on with or without an Auburn football game this weekend. True enough. And uh, Steve asked us, pretty good segue, if we anticipate any big upsets in college football, and I'm normally pretty bad at it because I kind of <laughs> say, well, better teams here, better yeah, teams yeah, win, yeah, yeah. etc. So I'm not usually too bold in these. But uh, let's start with breaking down the top 25 games, and we'll get into the SEC a little bit later. The SEC does have one top 25 matchup, and then the others are either ranked team versus unranked or just purely unranked. So in the top 25 this week, we will shout out kind of all the games because uh, we got some time here. Uh, number two, Ohio State. There is a, a world that exists a few years ago when Iowa scored more True. than eight points a game True. where this would have been interesting. Yeah, you're right. Um, but <laughs> Iowa is offensively challenged, <laughs> and uh, the line is 30. 30. That's yeah. what I was just looking at, and the over-under is 50. Because, yeah, 40 <laughs> to 10 is, is what that amounts to on paper oh, because Iowa man. cannot score they can't. the football, nope. um, which is what you need to do generally to win games. Um, here's their season, and their book bookended brilliance here is what I'll call it. They beat South Dakota State to start the season 7-3. to three, Not a baseball game. Football oh. game, 7-3. to three. They lose their rivalry game to Iowa State. 10 to 7. What? 
in matchup. not baseball, football, 10 to 7. <laughs> Iowa then played Nevada, 27 nothing. Okay, good for Iowa. Awesome. Beat Rutgers, 27 to 10. They're on to something. Here they Ooh. come. Played number four Michigan. It was respectable, but it's still the moral of the story is offense and lack yep. thereof. They lost to Michigan 27 to 14. Oh, this is the kicker. Book ended. <laughs> you saw the improvement in the middle. They played Illinois at Illinois. Oh. Champagne. Lost nine to six. Good lord. Again, for the third time. Not baseball. <laughs> Football. Nine to six. That's tough, man. So they are not yeah, beating a, Ohio State. Not a shot. Not a shot in the world. It's not where a bold prediction is coming from me. Absolutely not. Me either, man. We'll skip Tennessee, Tennessee Martin. We'll go on to the first true top 25 matchup. Number five, Clemson. Number 14, Syracuse. This one, 11 a.m. in the other Death Valley. Mm. And uh, Clemson's already had a lot of teams that they've needed to get through. I mean, this... When yeah. you look at Wake it, Wake was a Wake was a really big test for them, and and they came out on top. Unless you subscribe to a Notre Dame is on the up and up after their deal to start the year <laughs> after Notre uh, Dame, Notre Dame. This might be the last losable game. Um, they are at Notre Dame, then they host three and three Louisville, host three and three Miami. Miami's not what they could have been. Nope. They host four and two South Carolina, who's not beaten Clemson and. God knows the Davos Sweeney existence, yeah. I guess. Um, maybe they did the first year or two, but not in the last seven or eight. Um, so, I mean, they, they got through Wake Forest on the road, as you point out. They they got through NC State. That's when Devin Leary was still healthy for NC State. He got injured, did not play that Syracuse game last year. Now Devin Leary's actually out for the year for NC State. Yep. Uh, beat Boston College, who's a nothing burger right now, and then survived at Florida State. They got up two, three possessions in the middle of that game. They I shouldn't say survive, but they – they did beat Florida State. So, Syracuse game coming up. Syracuse, Dino Babers warded off the hot seat to get Syracuse back to 6-0. If you're looking for their resume, they beat Louisville pretty good to start the year, 31-7. Beat UConn, as all people do, 48-14. Survi- all people do, yep. <laughs> Won a late game, a rousing game against Purdue. They that were down late. That was a wild late. one, yeah. Very wild. Um, and then survived against a bad Virginia team. So there's, again, not glaring competence, but they, they're winning these games. Killed Wagner 59 nothing, and then again beat Devin Learyless NC State 24-9. But a win is a win. A win is a win. And they're a ranked opponent. And you like Syracuse. Yeah. Do you, what, what, what I'll do a, in honor of Steve's call. I'll do like he used to do a lot of confidence intervals. What's your confidence that uh, – Syracuse. I, I'll I'll go ahead and for the ups, upset. What 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 chance do they have in this game? What's their what's their chance uh, winning this game? Very very low. Okay. Like I I don't think that they beat Clemson. I think you know I'm I'm glad that Syracuse is good for the sake of Syracuse. You know because I mean they've really all only had basketball relatively speaking. Right. So, so you know ever since Donovan McNabb, not right, the same. Right and and and. I'm I love seeing my granddad happy, so <laughs> he loves Syracuse, so mm-hmm. I am like good. Syracuse is good, that's awesome. Go orange. Um Do I think they go down to Clemson and shock the world? No, because Clemson's defense is pretty good. Um it seems like their offense has figured it out. Um and that was DJ's Clemson's, been much better. Yeah, this that year. that was that was Clemson's biggest question mark was was the offense gonna be any good? And they have been, and they've gotten the necessary plays. DJ's been playing very well. Um, 
And so with that, I just I I don't I don't even see a loss on Clemson's schedule. Right. Um, and so you know, do what you can. Yeah, I mean, do, do what you can. Exciting, if, still uh, undefeated team. You have a yeah. good running back, you know, Sean Tucker, good, good running back. Um, and it, you know, this Garrett Schrader guy, like I haven't even watched any of the games, but um, transfer from Mississippi State, if people yeah. remember back three, four years ago. Then he punched a dude. Twelve TDs, and, three, uh, three interceptions, seven transferred. Yep, twenty-seven point four QBR, thousand fourteen hundred yards. Gritty uh, guy. Yeah. He's not the most talented, but he he'll run. Um, takes hits, makes some plays. Yeah. yeah, he'll get he'll get it done. So cool, good, good that they're six and zero. This will be their first loss of the season, um, but you know you've already made a bowl game. Um, just see where you can go. You know, for for the end of the season. I mean, they they play they are at Clemson. That's probably a loss. If they can beat Notre Dame, that that's going to be a good one. That'll be a good win. At Pitt versus Florida State at Wake Forest. That's probably a loss. At uh, at Boston College, that's probably a win. So you know you could probably finish with just about maybe two, three losses, and and which is yeah. gonna get you a statue yeah, if you do that year in year out. Sure. Exactly, exactly. So I will take that if you're if you're a Syracuse fan. So you know that that will be a loss, but they're having a solid season, second in the Atlantic in the ACC. Um, probably will end up finishing third behind Wake Forest. Um, and and with that, I mean, hey, do what you can. Whole lot of orange. Whole lot of orange. Go orange. Good season. Glad for you. Just little little claps around, you know. I would I would like to point out because it's fans. One of their favorite things to do with broadcasters is assume that their bre- their broadcaster is wanting the other team to win and doesn't like their own team. <laughs> well, half of ESPN is rooting for Syracuse in this game. My joke there is half of ESPN went to Syracuse, <laughs> went to Syracuse. So, yeah, so it's fact. kind of behooves <laughs> oh, them to root for their right, alma mater. Right, right, right. I'm sure whoever's on the call of this game will do a professional job. I'm not trying to say who. Oh, listen out for the bias in this one. I'm just just joking that half of the, <laughs> half of the mothership did go to Syracuse. All right, so next top 25 game number 21 Cincinnati. They're at Southern Methodist. That's Rhett Lashley's team, SMU. Since he only favored by three and a half, so you could be on light upset alert here. The big matchup in the AAC, assuming Cincinnati and UCF win, will be next week in Orlando, Central Florida. And Cincinnati should be a really good one next week, but got to get through SMU first if you're Cincinnati. Uh, going to get go ahead and skip again the SEC game. We'll talk SEC in hour number three. I think this is the game of the week, and Game yeah. Day thinks this is game of the week. Number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon, 230 on Fox. Again, we mentioned with Steve, Oregon favored by six and a half. How do you see this one playing out? Um, in our college pick em, I picked Oregon to win. But at the same time, I wouldn't be so, – you know, Oregon's favored. They're in Eugene, great atmosphere, six and a half point favorite. Um but I, I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA won won this game. Oregon doesn't have a great rushing defense, and UCLA runs the ball pretty well, um, and that's probably going to be the key. If you can stop the run, you can probably stop UCLA, and and with that, you you win the game. Um, it's obviously going to be a high scoring affair. I think we can both agree to that either way, um, and I think Bo Nix continues to have a good season, have a good have a good game, propels propels Oregon, you know, solidified into the into the top um, top ten, keep them in there, and and 
go from there. You know, this game is going to have a lot of offense. I a and, lot. and when I'm going to read you some numbers in just a moment, but just the thoughts overall is when you have two teams that are very similar offensively that that don't have the best defenses and and you just feel like it's an offensive game. It's it's for me I always say who will stop themselves. So who will commit a turnover, who will commit a holding penalty that puts you in first and 20 or second and 15 that you can't get out of. And so that's I think what you're looking at in this game. The offensive numbers are Unbelievably the same. Yeah. Um, Oregon I'm averages at, yeah. 42 even a game. Whew. UCLA 41-5. Oregon total yards a game 512.5. UCLA 505.7. So both. I mean, there are some differences there in passing and in running. Uh, UCLA is almost 300 pass yards a game. Oregon's 270. Oregon 241 rush. UCLA 211 rush. But still, it's not a cavernous difference. Right. Um, the the offenses here are both quite good. They've got good quarterbacks. Dorian Thompson Robinson has been playing good football. He is a mobile guy. Uh, Bo Nix, ever since the Georgia game, has been lights out. Um, still on the year, 12 TDs passing it and several rushing it. I think Oregon wins a close one. I think they get that one stop or that yep. one mistake by UCLA yeah. because of their crowd. But I think it's going to be a forty-five to forty-two type of game. It's going to be very entertaining. So much offense. I really, you know, like I'm. Uh, you said game day is going to be there, right? Yes. So that's yep. going to. That's why that game is at at two thirty. Well, like, it's on Fox though. And it's on. So. It's on Fox. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm like, not up the ESPN. That would have been such a fun Pac-12 after dark game to watch. Um, but I understand. I mean, it's nine versus ten. That's a big big time matchup. So I totally get why it's you know in prime time. But Cam, at nine thirty. I, I three and three cow is on. Oh man! <laughs> I just, just so I, you wanted excited. fun. Why not the team that lost to Colorado last oh week on national TV? Gosh, who do they play? Washington. Washington's okay. Oh, yeah, They're five Washington's and two. Not bad. Yeah, but um, cow. Oh <laughs> woo! Yeah. So anyway, uh, Pac twelve after dark. While it is fun, it's never involving the the premier teams of the Pac twelve. Um, such a bummer. If USC is on there, it's because they're having their seven and five year. Right. Um, so going to be a fun one in the Pac-12. UCLA and Oregon two thirty on Fox. Next up is another top twenty-five matchup. This number, one's the one I really find interesting. Okay, number yeah. twenty Texas at number eleven Oklahoma State. Of course, Texas undefeated in games in which Quinn Ewer can play the totality of. Um, they lose that Alabama game. Ewers gets hurt in the first quarter. And then the Texas Tech game, I think everyone can agree. You know, you could debate the Alabama game for sure, but the the Texas Tech game, I don't think uh, they would have lost if if you right. had been there. Right. Um, so, a, a Texas team that may be even better than five and two and ranked twentieth versus number eleven Oklahoma State, who is at home, but Texas the six point favorite. Oklahoma State was a stop away from beating TCU, TCU last week. They had a right. two possession lead in the fourth quarter and just Blew could it. not could not hold on there. Uh, that game was in Dallas, was at TCU. But um, what do you see? What do you like about this game? Quinn Ewers, extremely talented quarterback. Um, I'm looking at Oklahoma State's defense, allowing 301 pass yards a game and saying, oh, he's going to tear that up. And, you know, they're allowing 136 yards a game. Bijan Robinson, another, I mean, extremely talented running back. Um and with that, I see a high-scoring game, but I see Texas winning. Um, and I think that's going to be the I, – I mean, you know, te- Texas is 20, Oklahoma State's 11. 
that's the upset. That that's the one that I think is going to be an upset. Um, just because I don't think I think Texas's defense will be able to get a stop. I don't think Oklahoma State's defense will. Yeah, I would be surprised if Oklahoma State kept the score down. Their defense has been struggling. A lot of uh, a lot of Auburn people want to throw that on Derek Mason. But again, we we talked about in the preseason previews of these conferences, Oklahoma State only returning three defensive starters. Yeah, and if you kind of look at them, they're young historically with Mike Gundy. They 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 kind of cycle. They 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 get these new kids in there. They're not very good the first year. Their second year, they're re- at least a respectable defense. And then their final year, their third year, they're good. They're usually quite good. This is not last year was not the first time Gundy had had a good defense. However, there's also been several years where they have been bad. It's it's again it's about their their cycles. Cycle. And so right now they're all young. They are not very good. And uh, I do agree with you. I think Texas will win. So by ranking wise, this will be. And upset, but again, we talked about the lane. The line, excuse me, is Texas favored by six, um, even in Stillwater there? So that would be a, a rough two weeks for Oklahoma State if they go from being top seven, top eight in the country to, to blowing a lead against TCU and then possibly losing at home to Texas. That would put them out of uh, pretty much everything they wanted to have oh, yeah. accomplished this year. Uh, but would be a big win for Texas. There is that little back port portion of my mind that's like, Okay, but Texas wins. Is Texas back? I mean, is that really plausible? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, Can you that really... whole conversation on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, so I... it's in my head, but I do really think Quinn Ewers is a really good quarterback, and I do think that, as you pointed out, I think it's a good point about 300 passing yards per game in particular. I think that's a good matchup for Texas. Um, another top 25 game, but, but not uh, top 25 versus top 25. Number 13, Wake Forest takes on Boston College. Wake favored by 20 and a half. Don't see anything with this one. Boston nah. College, two and four on the season, um, not having their best showing this year. In the AAC, number 25, Tulane. Tulane host four and three Memphis. Memphis had a heartbreaker last week. They had a uh, triple overtime game, I want to mm, say. Goodness. Maybe quad overtime. I'm going to. Yeah, quad overtime. Four Sheesh. overtimes they lost to East Carolina, 47-45 in Greenville. And so Memphis might be a little demoralized about that one, although when you're in a smaller conference, it's always a unique opportunity. Even though the AAC usually does have a couple ranked teams at right. times, it's always a great opportunity for the smaller conferences to get to play a ranked team, and the gaps are usually not as wide between those teams. Um, so I can see Memphis pushing them here, uh, but – Tulane's yeah. still favored. You see, would you like to call an upset, or are you, are you good with Tulane? No, yeah, I'm cool with Tulane. That's, yeah. Uh, we'll skip that Bama-Mississippi State game. Two more involving top 25 teams. We fit in before the hour here. Number 16, Penn State hosting Minnesota. Penn State favored by five. Got slapped in the face by Michigan last week. They held in there for a little bit, though. Yeah, but ultimately slapped but, the face. Yeah, but <laughs> ultimately I mean, the, you know, they just kind of started running the most Michigan just started running and running and running and running right. the ball and that that was kind it of was, it. It was it was kind of Auburn Penn State-ish yeah. roles reverse there because you're right, I mean Penn State led I think 14-12 yeah. or, or something yeah, 14, early. 12. Um and then the second half was 25 to 3 Michigan. So uh it was decisive ultimately. Uh, but so Penn State holding Minnesota team that's been that's lost a couple games that or at least a game that surprised me. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim. Yeah, I like him. You don't know who that is. You should. He's run for a hundred yards 
I think it said 19 straight games when I was looking at it earlier. He, he's he's, he's quite good. a good back. And he's the one that he got hurt last, last year. Yeah, yeah, he did he not got, play. He got, I think he like tore his ACL or something like that last mm-hmm. season. Um, he was he's really really good. Um, and I don't know how you know how he's going to stack up if he's going to go because I guess that would make him a junior. I, I would assume because I. He's been. I think he's been there even longer than that. Yeah, he might even be a senior. Yeah, yeah, maybe a senior. So he's, you know, he he's kind of stacking up, looking to get ready for the draft. And he's he's a dog. He's tough. And so he's a good back. Just keep an eye on that one. I don't know if I'd call it since it is yeah, in Happy I Valley don't know either. Um, but keep an eye on that one because Minnesota can be feisty and Penn State. You got to check on their mentality after getting run by Michigan. A lot of people have already written Penn State off when they're thinking about the Ohio State game that they right. host later, but. We'll see if Penn State keeps their competitive chops and, and doesn't let uh, an upset creep in there. Final top 25 game not involving SEC, and this is a top 25 versus top 25 matchup. Another quite big one that you wouldn't have seen coming before the year. Number eight, TCU. They play host to number 17, Kansas State. We had an all-orange bowl in the morning. You get an all-purple matchup on FS1 at 7 <laughs> o'clock to end your day. TCU, we've already talked about them because Oklahoma State. Kansas State's been interesting this year because Kansas State was a team I really liked to be a dark horse in the Big yeah, 12. And the loss to Tulane, which is now obviously it like ends you up said, not being right, a as bad. Loss. But piped Missouri. Not that that's incredibly hard, but Missouri's actually been feistier than people realize. They don't right. have a good record, but they were feisty against Georgia. Should have won the Auburn game uh, and feisty against Florida. Lost a one possession game. Since then, Kansas State. Uh, like we said, lost to Tulane, but they beat Oklahoma. They were the first to do it, so that means makes it a little bit more meaningful. Right. Uh, beat Texas Tech by nine. Had a Iowa game Bad. against Iowa State, but they did win at Iowa State ten to nine. So does this game? Do you see? I mean, TCU is favored by three and a half. They are at home. They were down two touchdowns. If you want to take the angle that right. TCU should have lost Oklahoma State, you could go that route. So do you see which purple team you like here? Um. I picked TCU when we when we you know when we do our our pick them, but I wouldn't be surprised if if K State you know got the W, uh, but it isn't it it isn't TCU you know so that there there's that factor. Um, I I don't know I don't know too terribly much about these teams, but I can look at these points per game and say that. <laughs> I mean, TCU's one's more geared yeah. towards offense and yeah. one towards defense. Definitely, yeah. definitely, and so that's gonna that's gonna play a part. And if you're Kansas State, you you gotta score, you gotta score, you gotta be able to keep up because eventually, you know, their defense can wear down when if they're just on the field. I mean, that's just looking at games, just watching Auburn. Um, your defense is going is bound to wear down if you can't keep your offense on the field consistently. Um, and that's that's going to be the key if if you can just kind of even just drive whether it just be field goal obviously if your defense is as tough i mean they're only only they're only allowing 16.7 points per game you know not even 20 so if you can just keep your your offense on the field keep them driving keep their offense off the field then you might have a chance and I, I will point out, we talk about the blown lead and the, the side of that with the TCU offense, but also that means the TCU defense found a way in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to keep Spencer Sanders from getting that back-breaking touchdown. Right. So maybe they, they ride that wave a little bit. The Kansas State offense, obviously not a robust offense. So I, I think I lean TCU here in a lower-scoring game. But, again, 
the catch-22 that is a lower-scoring game with Kansas State mucking it up. That puts Kansas State right in the middle of it. End of hour number two. When we come back in hour number three, we'll hit on the SEC games. Again, there are five in total, four SEC, SEC matchups, and then the Tennessee beatdown of UT Martin. Talk about those coming up and also a little NFL in hour number three with Cam Berry. I'm Ryan LaVoy. Stay tuned. Hour number three ahead. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of Sports Call getting going here on this Friday afternoon, last hour of the show this week. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here. Again, filling in for J.J. Jackson, and we'll be back on Monday. He is the best man in his brother's wedding, and we hope, I don't know if it's if the vows have been said yet or not, but if so, hope it's been going great for them and the Jackson family up in Tennessee. Congrats on the nuptials. Absolutely. So one more hour here together for this week and coming up at the end of the hour again a nightly tv guide as always and uh, we'll break down the sec games in just a little bit but want to hit break it up a little bit and go some nfl for a few minutes here as we look up the matchups not as big of a slate this week for the nfl there's one game that i would say is a good game i would not call it marquee uh we'll break down some of our local teams here in just a minute too I mean, is the is the 49ers Chiefs the best game in your opinion this weekend, Cam? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the slate right now. Yeah, that's that's probably going to be the most intriguing one, especially with, you know, the addition of Christian McCaffrey by the 49ers. Uh that's that's going to be one one to watch, for sure. I I I Kansas City's favorite only minus 2, so, and it's going to be in Santa Clara, so it it could definitely be an interesting one. I still have the Chiefs winning. Um, just because I don't think Christian McCaffrey is obviously going to get a full workload like right off the bat. You can't really expect that. He just got traded yesterday, and the game is Sunday. Um, and so with that, I, I yeah. I, is I Bosa playing? Way. I know he wasn't yes, able to play. Yes, Bosa's okay. playing, and they're, and, and they're getting Trent Williams back as well. Okay, so, so that is big injury yeah, in his 49ers. That's a big, big addition for both sides of their, their lines. Um, and, got, I mean, you got to get somebody in – in Mahomes' face, and you know, even if you do get in his face, that might not matter because he's Patrick Mahomes. So that that's really the only game that is truly, you know, big, like well above big, average, yeah, yeah, big time. Really, you know, everybody's going to be watching, but 
The Bengals Falcons game is going to be an interesting one, in my opinion. I, I mean, not even just because it's you know I am a Falcons fan, but because we are a good rushing team. The Bengals defense does not have a good rushing attack. I think it could be end up being just a high scoring game, just because our defense is we we just put um, wow Casey Hayward on. IR, so we're down down our number two corner. AJ Terrell's going to be back. He was a full go in practice um, yesterday and and Wednesday, so he's he's back to being good. I uh, was worried about a little bit of a hamstring there, um, and but still, I mean, there the Bengals passing attack is is formidable, top top notch, one of the best. Um, and Joe Burrow's going to sling that thing, you know, 30, 35 times in the game maybe more uh, especially if they can't get the run game going because we have a pretty solid rushing defense but our passing defense is what's to worry and Jamar Chase against AJ Terrell is going to be interesting because I'm sure AJ Terrell is already rolling over in his sleep because of what happened in the national championship game Um, and you know Jamar just absolutely sunned him and with that, it, I mean, it's true. Right? It's true. I can't. I, still just to hear someone sunned him. He did. He abuse. did. He did. So it's going to be rough. I'm sure we're probably going to have to bracket Jamar. And, you know, he's still going to get his because he's such a talented receiver. They're going to find ways to put the ball in his hands. Um, but shutting down Joe Mixon is going to be key and making them one dimensional. And that'll be that'll be an interesting one. I, I, I think it'll be a close a close game. Um, I, I mean, the line is six and eighty minus six six and a half. The Falcons are six and zero against the spread this season. We're the only team that's undefeated against the spread, um, and I mean that means something, in my opinion. So it means they're being undervalued. Yeah, yeah. Um, they the Falcons have been um, one of the the better surprise teams so far this year. I mean, they the identity in running the ball. It was the one. It was the one system you could make Mariota serviceable. Yeah. Um, if you try, and I don't say you as an Atlanta. I'm just saying in general, yeah, yeah. if you try and put Mariota in any sort of passing normal system. NFL yeah. offense no. that requires passing and requires anything other than, than than what Atlanta is doing and what kind of Baltimore does that sort of thing, then he's a backup. He is he is not a starter in the league, but. They they got great efficiency from him last week that in the San man Francisco threw game. Threw the ball fourteen times, and it was awesome. And we won. There's also been fourteen pass outings where it's been like, oh gosh, yeah, you know. And but um, Atlanta Arthur Smith is is clearly building something. I don't know if Mariota is the long term no. answer there, but no. you know you're going to be looking for a particular type of quarterback in that system. And Desmond Ritter. You know, We'll see if Ritter becomes that. I don't see why he couldn't. I don't think that. I don't think you don't take him in the third round if you don't believe that he has that potential. Well, I think I think it's more about the quarterback number that he went. I think he was the fifth quarterback taken or fourth. I thought it was the second. Or was he was he really the second? I think so. Because I had a Willis and Pick, oh Willis, so he was the third. Okay, he was the third quarterback. Third, taken. Okay, I, and we know Pickett was first round. Corral went after him, yeah. I think. Hal Corral went after went him. Um, so, okay, third quarterback taken. but So I think it's more about that and maybe believing him in that way, but traditionally a third-round quarterback is not someone that you no. rely on uh, and or bank on to be right, a guy one right. day. But, hey, Dak was a fourth-round quarterback. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, hey, there's going to be plenty of examples of them. But, you know, 
I mean, the, the potential's there. I think we're just I think we're just waiting on him to mature a little bit. He looked pretty solid in the preseason, but obviously that's against preseason players, so you can't, you know, a hundred percent chalk that up to to him going to be great in the actual um, high speed of the game. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't know how long, you know. I don't know how long we're going to be able to keep Cordero Patterson as our top running back. Um, you know, I, I, it's just going to be interesting to see. I like what Tyler Algier brings. I also am a big fan of Caleb Huntley. Uh, so if I mean, we still ran the ball pretty effectively um, last week without Cordero. So with him, we're even more of a threat. Obviously, I don't think we're going to get him back for one more week. Maybe, maybe. I think two, it's two more weeks. More he went weeks. on IR prior to the Tampa game. He missed right. a game, yeah, but then did. they put him on he IR, did. and that's yeah. four weeks. He missed a game, then played like half of a game um, when when we when we beat the Browns. He played about half that game, didn't finish it. Uh, Algier ended up finishing that game, and then right, you, and then we put him on IR the game after that. So yeah, two more games. Um, so that that being one of the best matchups of the weekend, I think probably the third or fourth best matchup. Another interesting one, the two other ones I'm looking at as far as interesting is Tennessee and Indianapolis. So those both yeah. those teams. Uh, still the favorites, even with Jacksonville being a little feisty early. I think those are still the two clear favorites in the AFC South. The winner of that game is going to have a huge leg up there. And then also the the Chargers and the Seahawks at four and two versus three and three. I would have never said that before the year. I would have thought this would be four and two versus zero right. and six, oh one and, and five. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but Geno Smith Gino. has been awesome for Seattle. So this this both birds, Seahawks and Falcons. This is their opportunity to kind of like a prove it right for real game i think if atlanta wins you start to think 10 11 wins you start to think they can win the nfc south and you start to think this is a real team if they lose they're still more of like the 500 type of team right, still right. A, above what they were expected to yeah, do this, this is, year this but is a big prove it but, game but not like a real threat for the nfc playoff picture although it is very busted up right now for Seattle, same thing. I think if they win, I don't know if I get crazy with 10 and 11 wins, but I think they nah. start to think 500, right. start to think, you know, you, you think about that last wild card spot in the NFC could come in around that 9 and 8 number. Right. So you start to think about that with them because this would be a legit win against the Chargers. If they lose, though, they're back to being the 6 or 7 win yeah. type of Seahawks. It, but still a better version of what could have been. There's still a scenario sure. out there for them being 3 or 4 wins. but. Right. Um, it's going to be tough for Seattle. I mean, losing Rashad Penny for the year, that's that's going to be a tough loss. Uh, but, I mean, you drafted Kenneth Walker, which is which now you're looking back and you're like, wow, glad, you know, glad we drafted him because he's an extremely talented running back. Um, and he will be able to kind of step in and even though he's just a rookie, um, kind of fill that role you know, to an extent, and they still have DJ Dallas, but, you know, you, you have to incorporate that run game, even though your passing attack is, you know, doing very, very well. Um, I still see the Chargers winning. The, char- the Chargers are only favored, I mean, minus five. I figured it'd be a little bit more than that, but... Yeah, um, the, the thing is, is I don't think Vegas nor anyone should treat them as actually having a home game. Because yeah. that the they don't show up for the Chargers at all no, in Los don't. Angeles. They, they were absolutely more Broncos fans there That's true. last I, week. Yeah, you were right. You're and right. while I can't guarantee there'll be more Seahawks fans, it's not going to be worse than sixty forty. No, um, the Rams Rams do get a home crowd. They do care about the Rams since they had that past in Los Angeles. Right. But they ju- Los Angeles people just don't. Care. You already have Chargers. a team. 
They just don't care about the yeah, Chargers. They, I just I've never. I know LA's big, but two teams. You can't uh, force feed can't something to someone. You know? I, they should have stayed in San Diego where they yes. were loved. Yep. And, Absolutely. And uh, and now you see. I mean, you have that nice new stadium and <laughs> you got a primetime game and nobody showed up. Like, thousands like, of empty seats come and on, man. You more just, opponents but No way. No way. I could never. I just I am not just I'm sure they're just beating themselves up about it because you just should have stayed in San Diego, and you, I mean, you probably could have built a stadium there, honestly, and you'd have been straight, and they would have loved and embraced Justin Herbert, a hundred percent, because they're a good team. I, they're an okay team. They're at four and two, but the defense needs some work. And they had the potential to be really they, good. They do have the potential, and it's early enough to where I won't write the book on them. But no. they have been underwhelming. Yeah, underwhelming would be the the word for them. Um, I do want to say one more thing about the NFC West just in general. Assuming the 49ers do lose to Kansas City, and assuming the Seahawks do lose to the Chargers, the Rams are off this week. They'll go back to first place at 3-3. Three and three. Ugh. Every other team would be 3-4. and four. If that's not the perfectly I, – I can't believe I'm saying this, but if that's not the perfect definition of mediocrity yeah. when everyone is right around 5 no right. one's awful – no one's any good. Really surprised that that's happening in yeah, the NFC cause, West. Because it was pretty much revered that they were going to be the best, or, second best yeah, conference one of them. division in football. Uh, Rams will have a interesting stretch coming up with when they come out of it. They'll have the 49ers, which would be for first place at that moment. Right. They'll have Tampa in Tampa. And then they'll have Arizona, who, although I think has its problems and limitations because of Kingsbury, just record-wise, you have to at least Respect it. note that game as being right. important because right. it is a divisional game. Um, they'll then get a little bit of a break at New Orleans, but then they have at Kansas City. So the month of November is a interesting one for the Rams, uh, who, again, are off this week. Again, the week as a whole, very weak. The Sunday night game is Miami and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I still don't think, is a very good team. Miami does not have a great record, although Tua being out really changed their equation. I I don't know if they'd be – I think they'd be better than 3-3 and if he'd been healthy. I agree. With Tua being back, you're you're definitely looking at a different team. Um, And and credit to him, too, because I know he's – we still got to see how real is it and and to what level it truly is on, but – he certainly already exceeded a lot of people's expectations right. just off those first three games or so. And, and Waddle and Hill have been just tremendous. The The Monday night game is a, another weird one that is not very interesting. New England has looked better the last two weeks with Zappi. They're up to 3-3. Three and three. The Bears, I still don't think, are any good at all. Nope. Those are two brands, but again, the football-wise, I mean, the Patriots will have a shot at wild card here. They start to rack up some wins, but... Chicago not really going anywhere. I just don't know of a, of a valuable storyline in that Ramondre one. Andre so. Stevenson is a is a nice storied running yeah. back. <laughs> you said uh, you couldn't come up with a story. I gave you one. There, he's, yeah, that's fair. Well, that's he's, fair. He's fighting to be and probably is going to emerge as the number one running back for for them for the future. Um, as you know, Damian Harris is still there, still good, but. It seems like Ramon J. Stevenson is better and more yards per carry. Um, so there's a story. 
Last thing I'll ask you about the NFL. We'll take a break, come back, and, and do the SEC games. I I just have to – I'm just going to – basic question. Okay. Very basic. Are the Jets good? Oh. I don't know. I'm concerned that they're, that they're good. And I think that they're going to beat the Broncos. I really do. Because I, I just don't see th- – their defense is good. Yes. Their defense is good. Sauce Rogers Gardner is had tough. trouble. So the whole Packers had, offense. The, it's not even yeah. about Rodgers. They didn't run the ball well. Sauce Gardner is that dude. They yep. have a great defensive line. I mean, they, they are good on defense. And the line is even. <laughs> I don't even – Ethan, that's just I, okay. Bronco country. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, like the Jets are three and zero away, and the Broncos are two and one at home. You won. You won. I mean, you went. Both you team went, strengths. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it. So four and two Jets, two and four Broncos. I I I think the Jets win this one. Actually, um, it's going to be a defensive battle, but I think that the Jets offense will get going just a little bit more than the Broncos offense. Well, just, it's just ugh. And why this matters is because the Jets having sucked so bad last year and playing a last place schedule, they've already played some of the teams that would have been valued Hard. as tougher on right. their schedule. I mean, they just beat the Packers. They've already played and lost to the Ravens. They played the Browns. They played the Bengals. That was their other loss. But you look in the last five or six games of this schedule, I mean, yeah, you got the Bills in there, and you have to do that twice. But at the end, you play the Lions, who are 1-4, and four, probably thinking draft pick. The Jaguars, who are 2-4 and four by week six, what, week 15. Eh, that'll be week 16. There's right. 18 weeks now. Week 16, that, the Jags could be in draft pick right, mode. Right. They'll play at Seattle. We'll see what that means. And in at Miami, but I just you also got the Bears in the middle of this schedule. I'm just saying at, after this Broncos game, the three games that will determine the answer to the question I just asked you, they'll host New England, they'll host the Bills, and they'll go to New England. Yeah. That and that's their stretched. chance yeah. to break away For from sure. one of the teams in the division. For if they sure. split sure. or especially if they somehow sweep New England, which I just I can't I see fathom that. Yeah, that. I can't fathom that either. I don't trust Brooks. the Jets. I won't unless they're like ten and two. Brooks but is probably if he's listening, like there's no shot. I I trust the pa- the Pats to win at least one game, no matter who the quarterback is there. But right, just because of Bill Belichick, it, it does alone. make you wonder because that that Packers game is the first real thing the Jets did. I mean, the Browns have a talented roster, but until Deshaun Watson's there, I just I don't can't I can't say it. the Browns yeah. are that good. Right. Um. But that Packers game was something, and doing it in Lambeau. I look. I I know that some even professionals can overlook teams, and I think Tampa did that to some degree against Pittsburgh, and I certainly think Green Bay did that to some degree against the Jets. These are still all professionals, though. Like you have to understand that they're coming, especially in the first half of the year. They have no incentive to lose. Nope. Uh, I think the first team to officially bow out this year is Carolina, so maybe they're going to want to start losing. But everyone else. Is still it's still early enough to have a glimmer of hope. Even even the Texans they they have a split with the Colts. They have a win. Right. They've got to say, well, we're off to the start we needed to get off to in the division at the very least. I, I don't think the Texans will be rowdy, but in in at least for now, right? Not eliminated. You got you've got some sort of mediocrity with the Colts and Titans so far. So we'll see. But 
Um, the Jets are four and two, and somehow I'm anyway. gonna say the Jets are I. Right. They're I. Right. We'll see if they can get to the good status here in the next few weeks. All right, going to take our first break of our number three. When we come back, we'll break down the SEC games. Yes, the SEC goes on without Auburn. <sighs> Nine teams in action in the SEC. We'll tell you. We'll tell you about them next. JJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Welcome back to Sports Call here on this Friday. Just about a half hour left of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show for the week. Ryan Lavoy, Cam Barry with you here this afternoon. Pleasant day outside, but it would have been a perfect weekend for football on the Plains with True. highs in the mid-70s, according to the weather guy. But uh, nevertheless, mm-hmm. no football. And I know I make those jokes, but at the end of the day, I would like I would definitely prefer Auburn to be playing a football game, whether it was one that they were going to win or not. Do will miss it this weekend for sure. But the show goes on, and there will be a lot of college football, as there always is this time of year. We broke down all the top 25 teams minus the SEC teams in our number two. And if you missed that, you want to go check that out on the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. I could use a cherry Coke, a vanilla Coke right now. Yeah, you make one sound enticing for sure. Uh Gosh, the movie, the, the Coke Freestyle Machine. Is one of the greatest inventions Thank ever. you, can I buy one? And yeah. can I get a discount? Because I, I also know those are not Can cheap. I put it in my house and just yep. have the Coke guy just, really for me, it would just be Orange Fanta and Sprite. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about that off, off air. So, but so, you wouldn't even need the whole complement no, no, of flavors. I don't even need everything. Just give me like Orange Fanta, Sprite, water. And then Coke. I'll do Coke as uh, well. So I, can, I, I would need everything. I would need <laughs> All Coke, vanilla Coke, cherry Coke, cherry vanilla Coke, diet Coke, Coke Zero. Uh, obviously more Coke products too. But All our listeners are probably like, Cam, you're so boring. <laughs> Sorry. He ha- you have a reason for I it. I have so. a reason. And Sprite is good. Sprite's what I grew up on. The parents are hopefully still listening, and they can attest that I drink Sprite, and then I drink Sprite, and then I drink Sprite, and yep. then sports drink like Powerade or Gatorade, yeah. and then Sprite, and then you know Sprite. what? For dinner, Sprite. Sprite. Uh, when I was little, uh, I tried when I couldn't say words well, and to some degree, I still can't say words <laughs> well. But uh, when I really couldn't say words well, I would say bots, which was bottle of Sprite. <laughs> we were just getting to the point with my parents. Abbreviation, bots. man. I yep, love it. We were getting to the point. So we'll now get to the point, and we'll go through the SEC slate. So. Number three, Tennessee, in the sport of football. It's not shocking for you that that kept up with football in the 90s and early 2000s, but it's shocking for us. For for the last 10 or 15 years, quite surprising. Number three, Tennessee, fresh off the heels of a victory against Alabama. They host Tennessee Martin. Uh, UT Martin will not win this game. Nope. But they do have the hope of Tennessee still being hungover, still trying to find their goalpost, and... 
I don't know. Maybe they only lose by 35 instead of 55. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll Is there a line on we'll this? I don't think no, they put I don't, a line on I this. I don't see a line on it. So I would have been tempted to take time. the under whenever you would have would have uh, put the line out. But I don't know. 50, name your score on this one. Won't spend any more time on it. <sighs> the game that intrigues me the most in the SEC is number seven Ole Miss at LSU. This is the 230 CBS game. LSU favored by a point and a half. Brian Kelly, look, after week one and their unbelievable loss to Florida State and right. how dramatic that was, there was still definitely a scenario where LSU had a trash season. But now there's a scenario where they have quite a good season. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they could upset here, now I just time. can't. I still can't bring me to think they'll win against Alabama, but it's at home. But let's say they do pull off Ole Miss. Nine and three for Brian Kelly's first year That's ain't good. bad. Yeah. Uh, because at Arkansas is a 50 50 game. They should beat UAB at home. And then they're at Texas A&M, which is a rivalry game, which is usually a pretty fun game. But I don't, if, if A&M loses, a, I mean, if, they're, yeah, if, if A&M's A&M is eight and three, if they get a rocket up their butt, that will be a fun, interesting game. But if A&M loses again, still has the offensive dysfunction, won't be as enticing. But there's a scenario out there, LSU has an 8 or 9 win team, not bad after that Florida State game. Do you, do you, what, what kind of game do you think? Do you think this it does go down to the wire? Do you have LSU winning it, or, or is Ole Miss going to be okay here? I got Ole Miss being okay here. Um, although it being in Baton Rouge is definitely interesting. Um, but I, I, I still, I think that Ole Miss is just kind of locked in right now. I, d- I do. Um, obviously the defense still needs work <laughs> just watching Auburn. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Honestly, I think the, the over under 65 and I think that's going to be over. Um, and it's going to be a lot of scoring. It's, it's going to be. I forget what the score for the Florida LSU game it was. Forty five thirty five LSU. Yeah, see I, I think it being I I see it being about like that. Yeah. Um I, I see it being about like that much just flipped. And I see LSU scoring thirty five. Being the home team yeah. that loses forty five thirty five. Yeah, for sure. I I can definitely see that. I think that's a very fair observation because I, I can't if this was year two a Brian Kelly, I would present the argument that this would be the coming out party. Yeah. This would be this would be the big win that starts to get LSU on that right foot and and back to being nationally relevant. But I think it's too soon, and I think LSU still has a hint of dysfunction in there somewhere. I, I still, if you look Just at that add. Florida game and look, Florida has really tailed off. Florida is not the team that we thought they could be after they beat Utah. If you looked at that LSU-Florida game, um, LSU led that game in the fourth quarter. Uh, granted, start of fourth quarter, but they led it nevertheless 42-21. to 21. Yeah. And it got to the point where Florida made it 42-35 and I think got the ball back. So LSU did come up with a stop. No, I they did not. I lied. LSU went down the field. I'm looking now. They did get the, the field goal to wrap it up. But... There was a hint of wondering there if they yeah. were going to, to blow, blow that game. Yeah. And I think that's enough to make me think that when the game is on the line, 
I think Ole Miss will put together the drive either to take the lead and, and win it or to make it the two-score game and hold on to it. So I think that 45-35 number is, is right on there. I think it's something exactly right, like that. The Snooze Fest Award of the Week goes to, I know this will shock everyone, a game involving Vanderbilt. <laughs> but it also involves a game with Missouri. This is 13 versus 14 in the SEC. Now, you can make an argument Auburn – should have lost Missouri, and yes, they should have. They won, so we'll call Auburn 12th-ish in the SEC for now. I know it's not going to win any awards either, <laughs> but um, this is the the patty cake game of the week. Right. Vandy, Missouri. Missouri's still favored by 14. Again, they've showed fight. They, yeah, there is a version of this where they're 4-2, and two, not 2-4, and four, right. but they are a rel- nevertheless. Relatively... The, someone's got to lose. Yeah, someone's, someone's got to lose, lose, and it's going to be Vanderbilt probably. Yeah, I mean, minus 14 over under 49.5. It's in Mizzou, so yeah. If Vandy does pull this out, though. Good win. <laughs> uh, Brian Harson will not be the first one fired this no. year. Because um, Drinkwitz be, yeah. is going to be. It will be Drinkwitz. Allowed to maybe get to the locker room, and that's about <laughs> it if they lose this one, too. Um, so that's something to watch out for is if Drinkwitz can get the right to coach out the year, basically, by winning this game. Number six, Alabama. Number 24, Mississippi State. That's in Tuscaloosa, 6 o'clock ESPN. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet is actually going to be flying from Southern California, where game day is, to go do this game. I, I think I've read this is Fowler and Herbstreet getting a rare opportunity to do a Bama game. Um, I don't know if it's the last one. I don't think it is. I know they did the Ole Miss-Bama game in 15 that uh, was that doink uh, catch by Quincy Adebayo, and Ole Miss did beat Bama two years in a row. Yeah, that was. I don't know if that's the last time. I feel like Fallon Herbstreit did one maybe last year or the year before, but uh, that's not playoff-related, obviously. I I know who does the playoff, and I know Bama's in it. I mean, regular season. Um, But – I think this will be a cover for Bama, actually. I'm going to go ahead and go first here. Leach has only scored nine points against Bama in two years. And you can kind of throw out 2020 to some degree, although Mississippi State got feisty with some teams that did beat LSU that year, uh, which was the game after LSU had won the national championships, first game of that year. But last year in Starkville, with, with Will Rogers, with Mississippi State, pretty similar to what it is this year, to be quite honest with you, they lost 42-9. to nine. They only scored nine points. And um, I don't think, again, this is like prime Bama team. No. But it's still nationally a very good team. It still has the chance to do everything it wants to do. It could still win the SEC title game. It could still go to the playoff. It is not disqualified from any of those things. Um, so I, I don't think Alabama has a problem here. They're favored by 21. I like them by 31. I like them something like 41-10. to 10. Yeah, yeah. Um. This game is going to be like when your older brother loses a fight at school <laughs> and comes home and I see takes it out yep. on his little brother. Uh. <laughs> and that's how this game is going to go because Bama just, just lost to Tennessee. Um, still ranked in the top 10, but, you know, Tennessee 
I mean, they threw a party that weekend. They threw a party last weekend. Now, and I, I mean, if you're Bama, they they didn't want to see they. I mean, Tennessee's a big rival for them, whether they want to admit it or not. You know, I mean, 15 years straight, I get it, you know, whatever. But that that's a rivalry that is consistent and everybody gets up for it. So you can't deny what it is. Um, they lost. They're probably not happy about losing. And they're going to take it out on Mississippi State. I saw this weird thing and that, like two people out there will care about it. And I apologize to everyone else. <laughs> Where Taylor Swift has released an album. This she is did. now the fourth time. This wait for it. This is the fourth time that Taylor Swift has released an album the week of Alabama Mississippi State. And Bama <laughs> does th- consistently release albums in the fall. Now that and I really, she does like, think about it, because I know her world does not revolve around when Alabama no. Mississippi State plays. <laughs> That's but, funny. But it is the fourth time, and and Mississippi State loses by an average of like twenty five points. Oh, when yeah, that they're happens. done. So, they're done. They are done. Alabama's going to win that game. But Mississippi State, enjoy your top 25 ranking for at least one more weekend. And the final game in the SEC, this one not incredibly interesting, but two unranked teams that are trying to go in a more positive direction. Four and two South Carolina. They were able to beat Kentucky with Will Levis out the other week, uh, coming off a bye. And then Texas A&M coming off a bye. They are three and three. A&M favored by three on the road. Do you buy into Shane Beamer hype, or do you think Texas A&M starts to get the ship righted? Which direction do you go? I don't even remember who I picked from the in my pick. I'm honestly, but um, give me the shades. I think I think I'm going to go with that. Honestly, um, Texas A&M still has a really good defense. Uh, I I just cannot be sold on that offense i just i just don't think that they can get anything going um and Columbia, i mean excuse me south carolina's at home and even though texas a&m is favored i still think i think they're gonna put up a fight you know give me give me some beamer ball you know i i, I think i'm gonna buy into that so texas a&m likes to do this thing where they're gonna score a particular amount of points um if you throw out Sam Houston State, which yeah, it's not even that impressive. They scored 31. Mm. 14 against App. 17 against Miami. SEC play 23 against Arkansas. 24 against State. 20 against Bama. So in the SEC, 23, 24-20, pretty different opponents. If you think about the fact Arkansas is terrible defensively, they scored 23. Mississippi State, 24. And then Bama, who's having a down year defensively, but still good defensively, 20. I mean, it's all pretty much the same thing. I know Bama had a bunch of turnovers in that game. That mattered. Right. Yeah, the quarterback mattered. uh, Effectively, same point total, all teams. 17 against Miami, another Power 5 team. Same type of deal. So Texas is scoring between 17 and 24 points in this game. So the question you ask yourself is, South Carolina at home, can they generate more? against Texas A&M's pretty quality defense overall? I think yes. I think yes. I will pick no. I will reluctantly pick like a 23-20 to 20 <laughs> yeah, I could type of A&M that. game. Yeah. Not, not Iowa low scoring, but certainly not enough offense to make you feel good about what you just watched. Right, right. Uh, I think there'll be some sort of offensive incompetence at some point, which costs, in my case, I'm picking South Carolina to lose, but... Either team that loses will have a moment where their offense is so incompetent that you regret watching the entirety of that game. Yeah. 
So that's the SEC picks for the week, and that's also all the college football that you can handle top 25 and SEC through the week. We're going to take our final break of the show today. When we come back, the nightly TV guide, and we'll send you on your way for another college football weekend, another weekend of football and sports in general. We'll be back in just a moment. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Final couple minutes of Sports Call today. Ryan Lavoy Camberry with you here. We've had a very enjoyable show. We've uh, just been rambling yeah, on about college football, pro football. Got a little Auburn basketball earlier. I uh, did want to throw out there because we talked about it earlier in the week. Some pretty good debuts for Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler in the pro ranks. Kessler had a double double, like twelve and ten for Utah. Jabari had seventeen and seven. Yeah, I want to say seventeen and seven. Uh, hit some threes against Atlanta and, and Atlanta's opening night win. But um, so those guys started to play. We mentioned Isaac Okoro earlier on in the week he only played 12 minutes in the Cavs opener so we got to see what the rotation looks like for Cleveland on further review uh, Chumo Kiki struggled in Orlando's first game I don't know if he had a made field goal played about 15 minutes and wanted to tie up that uh, Sharif Cooper did not end up making the Cavs roster he was cut a few days before the season and I think Sunday or Monday he was cut so uh, despite the graphic via Auburn on Twitter, Sharif did not make the Cavs roster. So uh, JT Thor also with Charlotte, he played a few minutes uh, in their opener as well. So that's kind of we'll keep, be keeping track of those guys for sure all season long. All right, just a minute or two left in the show, so it's time for the nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tonight, college football, Princeton and Harvard. Where's Ryan Fitzmagic? <laughs> 6 o'clock ESPNU. Tulsa and Temple in an AAC matchup. That one's 6.30 on ESPN2. Game 3 of the NLCS, the Philadelphia Phillies, San Diego Padres. That series tied at 1. That one's 6.37 on FS1. Women's College Volleyball, 7 o'clock, Auburn and Tennessee. 7 o'clock, SEC Network Plus for that one. Couple movies for you, 6 o'clock, Wonder Woman, one of the better efforts by DC. That one on TNT. And Pitch Perfect, 6.30 on E. And that is the Nightly TV Guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. And that, my friends, will do it for Sports Call for another week. Cam had a lot of fun today. It was good to chop it up with you with all the football games coming up. Oh, yeah. Glad to be a part of it. Ready for a great weekend. Yes, sir. Have a good weekend. You too, sir. And we thank all those who tuned in and called in as you always do. We appreciate it. We hope you have a great weekend as well. For Cam Berry and Ryan Lavoie, or myself, Ryan Lavoie, another fun week of shows. Hope you enjoy the college football, pro football, and all the other sports this weekend. And we'll talk to you next week.